Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Dev Chen Symposium. I'm Yves Chen, and I'm Alex Severo. This is the place where interesting topics are discussed, ideas are examined, and culture are fused. All opinions are welcome, and we embrace beliefs from all walks of life, big or small. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the DevChen Symposium. Hello, hi everyone. So today we're going to be talking about beauty standards, not just beauty standards, but like definition of beauty, how beauty has sort of shaped the way we live our lives, and also just what we would define as beautiful and the subjectivity of beauty. Mm, exactly, and I feel this is a very present, press, topical topic. It's very relevant, and it has so many connotations in different industries and fields. So, you know, like commercially,、um, when we view everything from screen and social media and everything, thirty years ago the beauty standard is different, and across broad internationally, different country, even different region, different city, different area. Has a very different beauty standards.、Mm-hmm. You know, the beauty standard can cause conflict, can cause pressing issues, can cause、um, really, really toxic social criteria and stereotypes.、Mm-hmm. But it can also be good. It can also be a motivation for you to move up and then realizing what you really wanted to be. So、yeah. let's just entangle everything. Yeah, all right, let's do it. So the first question I want to ask, and this is something that is just really just to start things off. If any of you ever looked at Eve's、uh, Instagram page, she just posted a couple of images of herself showing her change from having dark hair to blonde hair right now. And right. I, first question I want to ask Eve is, why make the transition from your natural color to blonde hair?、Mm, you just do it. <laughs> you just do it. <laughs> yeah, you want it, you do it.、Yeah. Well, at least that's kind of my attitude. Um, and for me, like I really love to experiment different kind of self and different kind of, you know, exterior, and exterior look also appearance and it will like in combination in terms of like my、uh, visuals and then my different ways of presenting my personality if that makes sense.、Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I'm a creative myself, so I really love to experiment in really interesting creative new stuff, and it's just really fun and it's kind of like a change of mode, change of mood. I'm being just COVID is a little bit too much for me, so、ah. I'm bored、uh, for a long time. So I really want some change, and also it's really fun to like just role play. And because I'm well, technically I'm also an actress. You know, in terms of like dancing and visual effect, you really need to know what are other people's personality. Kind of like you can present yourself in so many kind of ways.、Mm. So it's also really fun and exterior. Um, believe it or not, there's so much a way for you to express your inner self. For example, actress kind of like do special effect makeup and like change colors stuff like that in order to present that character well. And then for me, the same. I also want to like present my different personalities well, and also like try new styles and stuff in terms of like visual or choreo or dancing. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely true, and that's. It makes a lot of sense, given that dancers are very visual, so to say. They、mm. are being seen a lot, and how they dress, how they are, really influences how the audience will perceive them at the end of the day. Yeah. And 
of course, in my case, being the writer that I am, I'm just cooped up in a back room somewhere, <laughs> just like with all the other editors and everything. We don't have to care about our looks at all. I mean, we can walk in there with sweats and a sweatshirt. We can have acne all over our faces and everything like that. <laughs> Much the same way I have acne right now. <laughs> that's very vivid. That's so visual. Hey, that's the life. I, mean, I hope you guys can see Alex's face, seriously, because I'm seeing it right now. Ah, <laughs> uh, you see the acne? No, you look fine, though. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I do have to say, though, within American society, there is a lot of pressure for people to look a certain way, to act a certain way, especially in the social media age, where everyone's basing their perceptions of people based on photos, mm. based on just the images people have, and also just based on how they hold themselves in the photos, like the kind of makeup mm. they wear or the kind mm. of dresses they have. I mean, for the longest time, people have always preferred blonde hair, blue eyes. That's always been a sort of beauty standard within mm. the United States and within Western cultures a little bit. I mean, you've always heard sort of stereotypes about Swedish blondes being most preferred or something like that. Mm. And I know for a lot of people growing up, this caused a lot of angst, I have to say, because there were a lot of people saying like, okay, I know I'm never going to be blonde or blue-eyed or anything like that, but I could at least be thin. I could at least be uh, physically fit or I could be a little bit paler. I could be, uh, I could glow a little bit, so to say, in terms of just how I put my mascara on or put on mm -hmm. my lipstick or something like that. Mm -hmm. And at certain points, people would actually shun them a little bit because they end up looking too out there or too flashy. So it's a mm -hmm. double-edged sword at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like so much things to unpack. Mm -hmm. And then I do feel like, yes, um, currently in America, society, a lot of things, well, actually everything, you know, like historically as well, there are a lot of certain beauty types and stereotypes and beauty standards. And now with Instagram, it's kind of like a double way of thinking about it. Mm -hmm. There are certain ways of look that being advocated, but it's also a way for different looks and different identity and culture, different beauty standards to just pop out. Mm -hmm. And with that coming out, there, there are also so many just questions and um uh, yeah, very like complicated stuff and really sensitive questions to talk about. Yeah. And if you ask me, like, I do feel like compared to other countries, at least where I am coming from, um, America does have like a broader view in terms of intaking different kind of beauty standards, mm. especially in New York City. Well, I wouldn't say like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> the mid, well, you, you guys know, but I would say at least in New York City. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like way more open in terms of like what you look and what's your body type and what do you wear because mm -hmm. people won't well sometimes but a lot of times people won't just like go in front of your face and say you are da 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 yeah. no. but other countries yes and mm. there are such amount of social pressure coming from it and it's just very toxic ah well, so how would you describe the beauty standards that would exist within China or within the environment that you were growing up around was there like a strong system in place to get you to look a particular kind of way? Because you did talk about how in your school they would enforce a, enforce a certain dress code or something like that. Mm, 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 definitely, definitely. Yes. So uh, the beauty center, if you go to like a specific you know, K-pop groups and then the whoever the girl <laughs> kind of like leading and then every girl is with different kind of um, dressing code, but like similar face. Yeah, that's like the beauty center for... Um, a lot of Chinese and less, at least for Asia and mm. and that well, when I grew up like I was also really really hugely influenced by that because people love that girl has like very white skins and like 
um, clear, nice, you know, like, um, you know, skins and the balls like very skinny and also has a specific look, have a specific way of wearing lipsticks and makeup, yada, 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 like a hundred other elements. And, you know, a lot of people, they actually um, would do a lot of surgery and then move and like, you know, lose weight in a very extreme way. And then it caused a lot of like depression as well as um, some suicidal behaviors wow. arising from the beauty standards. Yeah. And then, you know, like for uh, interpersonal relations, it's also a really big part of it. Mm-hmm. If you're looking a certain way, there are a lot of benefits that well, you wouldn't, you know, be possibly think of, but like that actually happened to you. And then mm-hmm. there are so much more struggles than the people who are trying to look in a certain way but could not achieve. Mm-hmm. So in overall, it's a very, I would say, toxic environment, and it's totally not healthy because yeah. a lot of people they really just don't eat, like they don't, oh, and God. then it's very damaging your body. Yeah, it sounds like it. It can get really nasty at certain points. I know a dear friend of mine, or at least a friend of a friend, I should say. She, when she was going to sororities and she was talking to people, she was pressured into being anorectic or bulimic. And for those of you who may not know about bulimia, it's where you would eat food and then you would puke up the food immediately mm. afterwards. That's to, so not healthy. Yeah, because the whole point of it is to sort of get some calories in, but then you puke it right on out to make sure your body just lose, loses weight, essentially. At least I think that's what the science is behind it. But... It's a very, very, it's like what Eve said, it's just like a not healthy way of losing weight. Almost the same way as anorexia, which is just not eating. And every time mm-hmm. you look in the mirror, you see yourself as having weight, but in fact, you don't. Mm-hmm. And very unfortunate. And a lot of people really are pushed into that direction. Mm. There are and a I, lot of scientific research on that. Oh, yeah. But here's the craziest thing, though. There's this one... I think it was like cosmetic surgery that people do. It's called a Brazilian butt lift or it's like a, a certain butt lift where they take the gluteal muscle and they raise it to make it look attractive. Mm. But what ends up happening is they fill it up with the wrong toxins or they fill it up with certain materials and the people end up dying because of it. Oh. Yeah. It's all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. But I personally know being a young man that there is a lot of pressure to sort of bulk up a little bit, to have more muscles, to have like a chiseled face or something like that, like a smaller nose, maybe to have like a lumberjack look to grow a beard. (laughs) Stuff with that smaller nose. No, that's not one of the stereotypes. Maybe. I just know that for a fact that having a long nose is something that people in the West don't necessarily endorse, so to say. They think of it like Cyrano de Bergerac almost. But I know for a fact that muscles, building bulk and everything like that, that is definitely something that a lot of people in the West would find very attractive. Or at least it's the kind of thing that the media would put forward as attractive, like the Dwayne, the Rock Johnson muscles or the Schwarzenegger muscles and things like that. Mm, definitely. Yeah, there are certain way that, as always, you know, according to history, it's always, media yeah. always dictate the uh, media standards as well as what people are nice and like should wear or should not wear. Everything is very inherently penetrating through the whole society. When you're growing up watching your TV and Disney films, and like you have to set the way yeah. of what a princess should be behaving and what a princess should look like. Oh, well, there are also, by the way, 
another a bunch of scientific research and academic research scholarly talking about the specific stereotype and the social prejudice in Disney's princess. Oh yeah. Um, and of course, like when the Disney host everything first came out, there are not so many multicolor skin princess. But now, like since we have more、um, government correct mindset and also like just really being inclusive, embracing different kind of color and、um, race and ethnicity, there are more. Princess coming from all around the world, which is pretty cute. Yeah, but still, a lot of the、um, yeah small detail thing is very very prejudice driven.、Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah,、but、I guess moving on from the topics within society and the cultures within society, what I want to do now is sort of go into the psychology of it all to really go into how a person would feel and to sort of. Have a sense of like you're in this world. How do you feel with these stereotypes? And I guess the first question I want to ask Eve is, when was the first time somebody or something made you feel beautiful? Like you looked at yourself after looking at this particular object, and you realized that you yourself are a beautiful person.、Mm, you mean by other people's comments or just me myself? It comes about like this. So maybe you're talking to people. Somebody calls you beautiful, or you look at something, and then you realize that you are a beautiful, and or you look yourself in the mirror one day and you realize that you are beautiful, because、mm-hmm. a lot of people sometimes they're told a lot that they are beautiful, or maybe they sort of go through a phase where they feel like they're very ugly, and then at one point in the future they'll look at themselves and say like I am beautiful, but different people have different ways of approaching it.、Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to ask you is just. Where was that moment, or did you have that moment at any point in、mm. your life? Yeah, that's a really good question. Actually, I would say when I was very little, like when I was around three years old or something. Yeah, because my grandma always tell me, "Yeah, you're beautiful." Like she literally said that every single day, every single day.、Um, and also, like people around me, like my friends, like my the people that I、uh, play around with, and you know, like my teacher in my kindergarten. So everyone is like, "Oh, you're beautiful!" Like. Confident and everything. So when I was little, I always associate,、um, you know, like beauty with confidence. Now as well,、mm. and I think just one really advocated matter, you know, when a lot of people tell, "Hey, you are beautiful," like you confidence level will boost, and when your confidence level boost, you will present yourself in a more beautiful way,、mm-hmm. um, according to your definition, of course. So yeah, I would say since then. Then every different part of the life, I have a different way of expressing myself、um, with the growth of my ego, personality,、um, my value towards the wor- world. So everything got like fuller and fuller when I grew up. What about you? Well, I think for me, I really didn't realize that I was in fact beautiful or that I had some attractive qualities until I was twenty-one. And I went to Montreal, and this was a very specific experience for me because all my life growing up, of course, my parents told me that I was like beautiful, that I was like a really wonderful person, and everything like that. But all every time I would go to school, all my friends would tell me, and all the people around me would tell me I was really not much to look at. As scrawny, they would tell you directly. Yeah, they would tell me. I asked、That's、them one、so、day、mean. when we were at the cafeteria. What would the opposite of me look like? And one、mm. of the words they used was the opposite of you would be handsome. <laughs> <gasps> Who said that? That is so notorious.、Oh. That is toxic. Who、yeah. is that? Oh. oh my god! Please, I don't want to have a friend like that. Yeah, but this was like a long time ago. We were all teens and everything like that. So,、mm. 
But at a certain point, teens are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't、That's、use that、fact. word. More like we haven't seen too. We haven't seen enough of the world to be smart or wise. Exactly. Yeah. But, but yeah. at any rate, when I was twenty-one, I visited my grandmother's family in Montreal, and what essentially happened was. Until that point, I had never seen really anybody in my family that really had my features, or I could really identify as like that person's related to me. Aside from my grandfather, who had a few key traits that he and I share, but then I entered my grandmother's family, and I met this one familial group that was a part of a different branch, and I just remember looking at them and I think they are so beautiful. And the main things that I saw that they were beautiful about them were their eyes and their nose. It's just like one of them was bald; the other one had blonde hair, just like yours, Eve.、Mm. But they were absolutely beautiful because I looked into their eyes, I looked at their nose, and I just couldn't turn away from them. And then next thing you know, I look in the mirror that's nearby, and those are my eyes and my nose. They have my same eyes, my nose, and I just looked at it and I thought, "Oh my god." I have those eyes and my nose. I must be attractive. This is beautiful. Yeah. And then after that, I've just been essentially my view of myself just went way up after、mm-hmm. that because、mm-hmm. that's when I finally realized that my eyes and my nose were attractive qualities and that my stature, who I am, my the way I hold myself is very attractive as well.、Mm, definitely, definitely. And at the end of the world, it's always going to be. How you feel about yourself and the inner quality that you want to present to the world, and then I can tell you have with other people because、yeah. there are something that come inside out, and it's it sounds very cliche, but it's just very very true. You know, exterior you can look as beautiful as you wanted to be according to whatever you know, like beauty standard you follow, but you know when you when other people look at you, maybe they will just feel it's a very beautiful object. It wouldn't.、Mm-hmm. Feel like oh, it's like a very holistic, beautiful soul、mm-hmm. entity,、yeah. and I do feel like the way people carry themselves, it's just very detrimental for determine whether he or she is beautiful or not,、mm-hmm. because the present is just so important, and you can be having all those gorgeous features, but but like no sense of presence and no sense of like really making your inner self is corresponding to your exterior. Which is、yeah. a little bit off balance in that sense, but you can have like not you know regularly quote unquote considered as the most beautiful according to beauty standard, but the way you carry yourself, the way you carry your features, can be extremely attractive and also very very、um, you know eye catching.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. It's very very true, and I guess n- now that we sort of put this out in the open in terms of, like our qualities and how we view ourselves as beautiful. There's one thing I wanted to ask is, and this goes on the subject of Hollywood beauty and like be- the beauty standards that you would find in the media, because you have certain individuals that are like the most beautiful people in Hollywood, or you have people who are the not so most beautiful people in the entertainment world, or something like that. And the and also you have models and everything like that. So one thing I want to ask is, and this is like for Eve and myself, this is like a little、uh, experiment, so to、mm-hmm. say, so to see what would happen. Is okay, that? Go ahead. What would you say are attractive women that you find in the media? And I would say, and I will say a list of people, of men that I find 
attractive that I would believe are attractive within the media as well, or people that you might have seen on Instagram or people you may have seen in movies, TV or something like that. Were you able to get that? Mm. That's a very good question. I would say it really depends. Because for me to... Well, there is a stage change. So for example, when I was like younger, when I was around high school, that kind of age, I would consider people has the specific features according to those beauty standards as very beautiful. And of course, they are. But I feel like right now, as I'm like experimenting so many different kind of things, I really just be attentive to how people carry those beauty traits. Mm-hmm. For example, maybe this person has like a really amazing um, like nose or eye feature. Uh, maybe the other feature is not like 100% necessarily according to whatever the beauty standard, right? Whatever mm-hmm. that is. Um, but the way she carries herself in order for her movement and quality and personality, everything come out, the way she talks, the way she presenting herself. I think those are so, so, so important. It made me feel like, wow, this person's like so vivid. It's just like, how could you kind of like those quality? And if you want me to like name a person, I will say Blake Lively. Oh, I think yes. she is wonderful, and um, yeah, she's not necessarily like the specific one hundred percent everything according to whatsoever beauty standards. But I will say whatever her traits, and then like the soul, just yeah, everything like very abstract. Those stuff support everything up to a whole another level, and I just cannot, you know, like stop looking at her when she is, you know, in the Met Gala, for example. Mm-hmm. It's not only like she is beautiful and she's like beyond beautiful because of the way she carries herself. Mm. It's very good. It's a it's an interesting name, I have to say. I would have thought most people out there would probably choose like Margot Robbie or maybe Jessica Alba and mm. Julia Roberts and people like that. But Blake Lively, I can definitely see that. Right. I can definitely understand that. Mm. I know for me, if I were to choose certain male figures of like what I would find as attractive, I think it really depends because I watch Bollywood and Hollywood. So mm. I'm sort of like seeing people from all kinds of different corners of the world. And I think in Western media, in terms of a man that I would say is like a standard for beauty, I would have to say, I guess you would say it would probably be somebody like Dwayne Johnson, for example, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, mm. in terms of like the muscularity, the sculpture and the kinds of muscles that he has and the appearance that he has. Or Jason mm. Momoa. I would say mm. Jason Momoa in terms of like rugged beauty and real, I guess you could say it's like testosterone charm, so to say. Because <laughs> he has the long hair and the beard and the stature. And also just the sheer or like manly elements where he's like very playful and everything. Mm. And it very much goes into what you say and how a person holds themselves and how they speak and everything. I think Jason Momoa des- definitely has all of that. And that's what causes his, uh, I guess you could say it's a sex appeal, but also just his general attraction, so to say. Mm. Mm. And then in Bollywood, hands down, this is a man that I've always admired since I was really young. And at every time I would look at it, I would say this man is a standard for beauty. His name is Ritik Roshan. Mm. He is a Bollywood actor. And this man is probably the total package, to really put it into one phrase. I mean, he's got the six-pack, the pecs, the arms. He's got a chiseled face, literally a chiseled face with, like, the chin, the nose is proper in terms of, like, the dynamics and the size. 
his eyes are golden. They're almost like hazel eyes. They're not really like brown or not really blue or green or anything like that. His hair, he can wear it in a long hair in terms of like long locks. Or he can have very short hair as well. He's also a very, very talented dancer. In many ways, mm-hmm. he's the best dancer in Bollywood. Oh, wow. In terms of like his movements and his fluidity and everything like that. Mm, yeah, in many ways, I would hold him in higher esteem better than a lot of the Western standards of beauty, like Dwayne Johnson, Jason Momoa. If you compare them with Ritik Roshan, it's no contest. Ritik is going <laughs> to outshine them. Right, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, like, what would you say is your experience by uh, growing up in the United States? Like, your impression upon the beauty standards across different countries, for mm-hmm. example, um, some Asian countries, and for example, like some Latino, like that area, and then European, everything. Tell me about it. Okay, so I would say, in terms of traveling around the world and seeing these beauty standards firsthand, I haven't seen too much of it. And I can tell you why. It's because I was focusing on different aspects of the society. But what I can say, though, growing up in the United States, the United States' standards of beauty are very much like masculinity, but a very like for they're essentially it's like masculinity with a feigning like dominance, so to say. So it's like the kind of masculinity that's there, where it's like you are a masculine figure. But you're not necessarily asserting the masculinity, so to say. If you assert it too much, then you'd be known as sexist or misogynist or anything like that. But if you have the look, but on the inside you're like a smart, intellectual, very like almost beta male-ish, but you look like an alpha, that's a very key beauty standard, I would have to say. Because it sort of shows that on the outside you're this beautiful figure, but on the inside you are very much like everybody else. And you're not going to threaten the person who is attracted to you and make the other individual feel inadequate, so to say. Mm. That's definitely the case in the United States. In India, though, in South Asia, men are... First, they have to abide by Bollywood beauty standards. So like Ritik Roshan, Tiger Shroff, Shalu Khan, different Bollywood stars like that. They try to look that way a little bit. But also in terms of the temperaments of a lot of men in India, they have to be very forward. They are very much... If a man in India likes you, he will approach you and he will tell you that he likes you or he will ask you on on a date or he will ask you to marry him. That's Mm. happened to my sister a couple of times where she'd be buying a sari (laughs) and this random guy would walk in there and he would like try to pick her up, try to invite her to his apartment or try to invite her to get married or something like that to the dowry and everything like that. And that's just the way in which the society was really crafted over time. And in many ways, I've heard... And I believe I've seen the same kind of behavior, or at least a different form of that behavior within Latin American culture, where men are expected to be, oh, now I remember, it's the term machismo, in terms of Mm. being masculine, in terms of being a very masculine figure, and approaching a young woman and asking her out and abiding by the cultures and traditions and everything of the sort. In Europe, however, it really depends on the region. Because I know in England, I think there's a general belief that a lot of men within British society tend to be a little bit more quieter, a little bit more sophisticated, intellectual. They very much can appear masculine, but at the end of the day, they also need to have a sense of civility. Or they need to have a sense of just aloofness, maybe. And it's the sort of place where if you're a quiet man, but you're very smart in terms of how you talk, 
then you'll go very, very far. And of course, when you're in Spain or in Italy or in France, the behaviors will definitely change. And I think that goes apart with like the romance or the Roman traditions, maybe, or Roman standards of beauty or something like that. But it's like the shared identity of the cultures that are there in the Mediterranean. And then in Russia, you have a different standard altogether, mm. where in terms of how the men will behave, how the women behave, and so forth. But yeah, those are all my experiences in terms of like studying different cultures and everything. And of course, you do have other cultures out there that really, in terms of like the cultural base, they really don't base themselves within physical beauty too much. For example, within uh, Muslim cultures, women within like very conservative Islamic cultures have to wear burqas. Mm-hmm. And they have to cover themselves so that the beauty itself isn't shown forth, so to say. So it's a very neutral background. The men, on the other hand, don't have to wear those kinds of things. But the women do. And I'm not really sure about the tradition or the history in which this co- these kinds of cultures really developed. But I do know that is very much the case in terms of like creating the neutrality for beauty. Or a different standard mm-hmm. of beauty, I would have to say. Mm-hmm. But, like, wouldn't they also show their face, even though they're, like, re- wearing a very heavy cover? Mm-hmm. They would sometimes, but there are different ways to wear the burqa, or the hijab, I should say. Oh, that's, like, that's a specific true. article. Because mm-hmm. you can cover the entire face, then you ha- you can show just the eyes, or you can mm-hmm. show the full face. But yeah, it yeah, really yeah. just depends on the individual. And it also depends on the p- specific region itself. For example, the way people would wear the hijab in Afghanistan is different than Saudi Arabia, which is different mm-hmm. from Lebanon, which is different from Morocco. And that's because mm-hmm. the Arab world is so huge. Mm-hmm. And e- all throughout the Arab world, there are different cultures in different regions. Definitely. Totally. And then the details, like, um, we're not expert on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think definitely you made your point. Those are, like, really interesting observations. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm really cu- actually curious to ask you, like, what do you think? Let's talk about the beauty standards that's been portrayed in media, uh, mm. specifically in film, okay. uh, what are the instances that you think beauty standards are portrayed wrong or um, oh. not accurately or not appropriately and kind of like transcend a not 100% correct idea hmm. in terms That's of like, historical facts? I don't think I've ever really watched any films or TV shows that have and watched a TV show or a film and looked at it from that angle. So I can't necessarily lock down on a title that has done that. Mm. But I can say, though, that any title, any film, any TV show that shows women and states that women have to be thin or they naturally accept that all the women are thin or they have a certain standard or a certain way they hold their hair or a certain manner. And they accept that this is the norm and they show that this is the way the world must be. Mm. That is wrong. And that could happen in any kind of film. Mm. But the main thing about that is that if they show it and they accept that this is the way life is and they encourage it for women and they say it's the right thing to do and they really show the results that a lot of men drool over this kind of stuff and they don't add any disclaimers that this is just one area or they're not to satirizing it at all then that's wrong because it tells young women and it te- also young men too it tells young people yeah, that exactly. this is the way the world must be 
and it right. forces them into that same toxicity that we were talking about earlier in the conversation. Mm. I mean, for, I mean, let's face the facts. No matter who you are, you are impressioned upon, or you are susceptible to what's shown on a film or a TV show. When you watch it, Definitely. you will walk away with something. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's the filmmaker's job to create something that can be positive, so to say. Mm -hmm. That people can take away something that is positive. Mm -hmm. Or if not, at least have the chance to do particularly that. Definitely. Definitely. But coming back to the question, also, like, I think one example that I don't think the beauty standards are, or like the exterior are not presented in a 100% accurate way, it's Crazy Rich Asian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you, I told me a you told me many times <laughs> that you hate that film. All right. <laughs> yeah, Alex already know. Uh, but yeah, I want to make my point again. I admit it's one of like the most, you know, like for, uh, open the door to explore different kind of opportunities that kind of way. I think in that sense, it's very significant. But in terms of the film quality itself and also like the set, the way they put their makeup on and then dress and also the whole plot, I don't think it's like totally accurate in terms of like, presenting this quote-unquote yeah. crazy rich Asian because the people in the film the way they wear their makeup they wear their dress is not the way how Asians wear their makeup and like do their mm -hmm. dress and in a party scene that's not how people young people like these days in Asia do their parties so a lot really? of things can change very differently yeah exactly mm -hmm. and um, uh, in other words it's very Americanized it's very very Americanized mm -hmm. and to a sense like it's you know, one of the first film that has all the Asian cast and like, of course, a lot of opportunity can be open and then more films dedicated to presenting like the Asian world mm -hmm. could be stimulated by this work. But this work itself, I do see a lot of space for improvement. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So just a very simple question is, what is the truth? So like we have Crazy Rich Asians, we accept that this is the wrong way of going about it. What would you say is the accurate way or what is the way that people really go about the parties and how they wear their dresses and uh, how they wear their makeup and everything? Is uh, that a general style? Can that be defined? Or is it really endemic to the regions like Shanghai, Hong Kong, Singapore, and so forth? Well, I will say yes. First answer is there is this kind of one beauty standards that people will follow. But also, it could be very different. And then now, depends on different age groups, I would say. Like, for people who are 20, 30, something, they will more stick to the way that a lot of people would usually think. But in different social media, though, for example, in Red, which is, like, more avant-garde, a little bit artsy-ish kind of platform. Of course, like, the traditional beauty standards still very dominant there. But there are also very, a lot of people, like, you know, going overseas and maybe, like, born and raised in another country. And they, blood-wise, like, it's, they're Asian, but they have kind of, like, different traits for different cultures and different way to do their uh, makeup or exterior. They also be really promoted by a lot of Asian girls. So it's kind of, like, a way for a lot of people to accept different things. But there is a way like i said if mm -hmm. you just if you want to know exactly how just go to uh, any like korean k-pop and find this one girl and then whatever that looks like it's gonna be a lot of the quote-unquote dream mm. interesting and on that note we're gonna wrap up this episode for today we talked about a whole lot of stuff mm. and to listen to our previous episodes and to really 
get in touch or catch up in terms of what we've been talking about so far, be sure to branch out to us on Spotify, on iTunes, and on SoundCloud. And if you want to follow our social media profiles, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Tune in next week and have a wonderful weekend. Yeah, exactly. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. And then have all those questions thinking about when you're spending your weekend with your friends and family. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye.